Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here today to review the 2023 F1 season, but in our favourite moments, not just from us, but from you wonderful listeners and watchers at home as well, which means we have collated what looks like to me the greatest season of all time. Tommy, isn't that right? Yeah, it's pretty much, I think, like the 10 best moments and basically the 10 things that happened during the 2023 F1 season. That wasn't anything to do with uh, Verstappen, that, basically. Oh, no, some things are actually about Max as well. There are, there you get some mention a few times. Um, but, yeah, you'll be unsurprised what the most popular one was, but we'll get into that later. Shall look. Anyway, no, that was mine. Right, before we get into it, we need to share a five-star review. Uh, and if you want yours to be read out, please do leave us a five-star review. Let us know why. Because we're at the end of the season, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please just take a minute to let us know why you love this podcast. We read all of them. We love them and it helps us massively. So thank you very much. This one comes in from God Emperor 9 in the US of A. You don't have to be the most knowledgeable Formula One fan to enjoy this podcast. Let's be honest. The hosts aren't always experts. All right, Jesus, this is a good or bad thing. Which is perfect. <laughs> the hosts are basically two guys chatting, enjoying it, one together and analyzing its many topics. And for folks like me who are from small towns and cannot enjoy Formula One with anybody else, I find it keeps F1 interesting and enjoyable. So guys, keep it up. Fantastic podcast. I can't believe we're not experts, Tommy. I've been saying this all along. I thought we were. Washed opinions. Oh. No, no, no. Oh, I've, I've read no. enough driver ratings comments to know that I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, then. Right, let's start at the very beginning of the season with Bahrain. And no surprise, this is where Tom Bellingham's favourite moment comes in. You peaked at the very first race of the year. I sure did. Uh, my favourite moment was, of course, Fernando Alonso passing Lewis Hamilton and just that battle in general uh, between the two of them. Uh, like you say, first race of the season, peaked early, but, you know... Such an exciting season. We just launched P1 as well. It's my birthday. We were on Twitch and we got to see Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton race wheel to wheel. And we were like, wow, the greatest season ever is on the way. Um, but joking aside, the move, oh my word, the move was so good. And yeah, it was just Fernando doing Fernando things. The thing I liked about it the most was I am basically a boomer when it comes to Formula One racing and I find DRS passes well necessary and I understand that there's a necessity of DRS to make the racing close. Sometimes the passing in DRS zones can be a bit meh but the fact that Fernando did it in an unexpected place and we were you know if you watch our reaction on Twitch we just didn't expect it the commentators didn't expect it because he just assumed that he'd wait and then DRS down the main straight, but nope, uh, sold him the dummy, dive down the inside of the turn 10 hairpin, and 
what is a it move. hairpin? And then had DRS. Hairpin? It, yeah, it is a hairpin, hairpin, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's like a, a wonky hairpin. It's like a... Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, either or, I'm not surprised that this is your favourite moment. Uh, and it's, it's funny that you, you kind of mentioned our P1 just launched. It was your birthday. Fernando Alonso's in a quick car. All things seem to be good, hey? Apart from the fact Charles Leclerc mm. retired, but you didn't fancy saying that part, did you? Didn't fancy saying that he gifted a lovely little P3 to Fernando. He definitely wasn't going to lose it on track. Not at all. No <laughs> chance. He would have fought tooth and nail to keep that P3. And that could have been a, the difference between finishing fifth in the championship for Charles Leclerc and finishing first. Laps to go. Uh, oh, no. You are joking. You are actually joking. Right. That's it. Thank you so much, chat, for watching this F1 2023 <laughs> season. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've enjoyed all 26 laps of it. I'll see you in 2024. Ferrari hype train. He's gone. I'm taking this with me, all right? See you later. Cheers. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Your your hopes and dreams were shattered in one single race. Um, but look, uh, we... We started where we left off and the Twitch the Twitch stream, everyone tuned in to see your Ferrari pain. And uh, we've got a nice little montage of Ferrari pain already after one one season of P1. So after thanks, after one race, really. Um, yeah, we yes. did. We did our live show after three races and we had a compilation already. <laughs> we certainly did. Uh, it really didn't go too well, did it? Uh, but no, Alonso's move on Hamilton was, was brilliant. Uh, you don't see moves at the turn 10. Uh, double left-hander. It's one of the trickiest spots on the track to to spot your braking point and so on and so forth. It is not an overtaking spot. And Alonso just fancied it. It was obviously a lot quicker at that stage in the race. And just, I think the fact it was on Hamilton as well. I, I, I This is not your favourite moment if that was on Logan Sargent, is it really? You know what I mean? If Alonso... No, moves up. we've said this before, moves are always yeah, better about the when they're on a world champion. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, well done, Alonso. I hope you're happy with the podium from Bahrain. Australia now, and this favourite moment comes in from Rowan M04, Australia's red flag restart chaos. And my goodness me, wasn't it chaos? So that was all, it all started from Magnussen hitting the wall to bring out a red flag. And then we love, we love a, a, a two lap shootout, don't we, Tommy? Like a right at the end of the race, red flag, let's go racing again. Forget everything else. It is now complete. It is like next goal wins, essentially. And that is exactly how the drivers treated turn one uh, Australia uh, when, when it was the restart, of course, with the, the really low grip uh, that, that they were all experiencing. It, it, it actually surprised a lot of the drivers, as, as we saw. Yes, yeah, so many people locked up into that first turn. Um, and it's something that, that we mentioned in the podcast that we did with Ocon because we actually spoke to him just not long after this race and said, you know, you can't win at the first corner, but when there's only two laps to go and there's the first corner and it's a standing start, you absolutely <laughs> can. And that's what everyone wanted to do because they know that even if you're, you know, fifth in the race and you make an absolute dive bomb in second place, you're probably finishing second because there's going to be no DRS because it's only two laps and this is your chance to go for it. Everyone went for it. There was utter carnage. And yeah, it was just absolute chaos. Uh, and the funniest thing about it is it created this whole debate of whether 
you know, sport versus show, is it ridiculous? And, uh, you know, why are they prioritizing the show over pure racing? And then we had pure racing where Max Verstappen won every single race and we all complained that it was boring. <laughs> and then we would have taken a two-lap shootout for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. So obviously with uh, Alonso being hit by Sainz, uh, Sainz got that penalty, which was a massive discussion as well, wasn't it? Around, oh, how... how how can a lap not really count? And yet Sainz gets a penalty. And then it obviously transpired that the lap did count. And it was actually the next lap that they then started again after another red flag because the two Alpines exploded. And it was then that was a whole discussion as well, where you had, oh, well, that's a surprise that no one got a penalty, despite Gasly yeeting Ocon into the wall uh, because they are teammates. And of course, they probably both went, no, no, neither of us are at fault here. Absolutely not. Uh, and then one of my most, fa- well, yeah, one of my favourite moments, uh, at least from Twitch, is of course your reaction to Hulkenberg being in fourth. <laughs> it was I, I've never seen you look for those of people that think that Tommy isn't a Max Verstappen fan. I agree, he is a Nico Hulkenberg fan, and it came out during that Australia red flag chaos. We never saw me on Twitch when Max was at Toro Rosso and was an underdog, and when he was doing things because then i would have been exactly the same i love an underdog moment Proof. and i don't see any <laughs> but th- this is the thing with with holkenberg i was watching the timing tower and i was like wow holkenberg's really high up science is probably going to get a penalty then i think it was lance stroll locked up into the corner and he made through some more places and the reason i was like oh my god he's fourth was because are thinking if science gets a penalty here, Hulkenberg's actually going to get a podium. This is it's happening. This is yeah. it. And then, alas, they what did a count back, even though a lot of drivers had already been crashed into, so they couldn't do the count back. Uh, science still got a penalty, even though it was a count back, which is another kind of topic of debate. Uh, and then Hulkenberg just finished, uh, like got dropped down the order anyway into seventh i think it was so i uh, still got some points but uh it did feel like it was so close to that uh that first podium uh, and then it's actually funny that science the the whole debate over that penalty has just reminded me that science got that controversial and probably he said the most unfair penalty in existence and then i think he probably said the same thing about this like the two most controversial penalties of the whole year were both carlos science very true. It's very true. So yeah, that that feels so long ago. That that, that whole it does feel forever chaos, ago. It? Right. Let's go to Monaco next. Uh, with oh, that's a great username, isn't it? Clapped SDI, and uh, they have come <laughs> I did in. Not read that. <laughs> and theirs was Verstappen's Monaco pole lap. Yeah. Here's your max. This is the this is the max moment now. Um, Monaco qualifying in general was unbelievable, wasn't it? There was, it was action everywhere. Um, you know, in the end, I think everyone was like, "Ah, oh, Max has done it again." Uh, but that was mainly because Fernando Alonso was was on provisional pole at that very moment, and Max Verstappen had one of the best final sectors you will ever witness in the history of motorsport ever to claw back almost three tenths of a second uh, of the deficit that he had to then take pole uh, by, what was it in the end? It was uh, 0.084. 0. 
Just under a tenth. Hit the yeah. wall as well, didn't he? Uh, coming out, which we were, we were lucky enough to be out in Monaco and we saw when we were going back to... Was it going back to our hotel or whatever it was? We, we got a taxi down the main straight and you could see the tyre the the yeah. print in the wall, which was really cool. Um, and you got out of yeah, the didn't you? <laughs> hey, that was private. Um, yeah, it was it was an unbelievable lap. Um, obviously, for me, mixed mixed feelings because Alonso was on provisional pole, but uh, it was witnessing Verstappen greatness really, uh, and a lot of I know a lot of people, mainly Verstappen fans, sort of count that as uh, almost like uh, we're over the Saudi lap that never was in 2021 because he kind of uh, did this incredible qualifying lap. Didn't Christian say um, that, oh, you know, this was the last sector or something uh, from Saudi that should have been or something? Yeah, that could have been, yeah, because he, he, it was almost the reverse that in Saudi he was so far ahead of everyone that he just needed to cool down, but he wanted, he was Max Verstappen and wanted to do that perfect lap and go absolutely ham. But instead he... Yeah, in, in this case, he was two tenths down, so had to go for it. And the second part of the swimming pool might be the greatest corner ever taken by a Formula One driver. If you watch the precision of how close he was to that wall, it looks impossible that you cannot get a better line through a corner than that because a millimetre closer, and we've seen this so many times at that second bit of the swimming pool, he's bumping the tyre knocks you off balance and you go straight into the wall. He's done it himself it was, in practice. He's done it himself. He has, exactly. And it's just precision. Uh, it was insane. And then I love seeing a Formula One car just kind of look a bit crazy and on edge. And the fact that he, like, you know, smacked into the wall on the, on the fire straight showed that he was just, like, giving it absolutely everything. And Monaco qualifying in general was just absolutely amazing. Uh, and just just a shout out to Monaco that that basically justifies it because the Saturday is so good that it doesn't matter if the Sunday is terrible. <laughs> I love but then also at the same time, I had to get it, I still yeah. had to get it in. But although at the same time, Monaco arguably was one of the better races at the start of the season, ironically, uh, because you know had a bit of jeopardy in the rain and stuff. Yeah, jeopardy in the sense of the rain coming down, and yet nothing happened despite the rain coming. That that was the strangest really, thing no. for me is like. There was a almost a flash flood in Monaco. They were all on dry tires, and no one ended up in the wall. It was just it was such a weird thing to to watch before our eyes because like this is going to change everything, and then it was it changed nothing. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it did. Uh, it was it was a crazy race, really. There was always that. Uh, we were of course lucky enough to be there, and I was sat in the grandstand at the point where it started raining, and I rushed back to the the energy station to watch it on TV so I could absorb what was going on but how often do you think about Alonso not pitting for wets uh, we simulated the F1 manager uh, scenario and it was possible yeah I think looking back on it now the fact that he didn't get that win this was the one where he could have definitely won because also you know being that close if Max hadn't done that lap he was he was P5 uh, at that point yeah you know if he starts p5 he's not winning the race and he like, was two tenths down no to that middle sector you're thinking oh well, he's not even going to improve yeah. at this point and yeah exactly. and then he got poles because so, max things what might have been because max was happened in 2023 <laughs> yes absolutely 
Silverstone is up next, and P1 Patreon member Ruben and Katie Loves F1 both picked this as their favourite moment, and it's, of course, Lando Norris taking the lead. And this, this gives me serious goosebumps. It really does. Watching it back, the cheer, just the, the fact that McLaren were actually going to give us a fight for the, for the win was... It hit, it hit hard. It hit right to the feels because, uh, of course, McLaren only at the start of the year were incredibly washed. And then come Silverstone, Mika Hacken and the Oracle has has predicted this <laughs> and it's come true. And it was, yeah, it, what an amazing race. And again, we were very lucky to be there. So for those people that say that we we jinx races, we, we don't because we had a great Monaco and we had a great Silverstone. So and we had a great Vegas. So look, Tommy, we aren't the problem. We aren't the problem. I mean, McLaren had an awful start to the season. Like, and like a great you said, example. they were. Sorry. Yeah, actually. Are we yeah. the fix? It was a, it were every. I'd say they were some of the best races of the year. Definitely. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, we weren't at Singapore, but um, we did interview Carlos Sainz, and it made him the goat. So everything leads back to really. us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Silverstone, the fact that McLaren were having an awful start to the season. They'd they'd done Lando had done well in Austria the previous race, but he always does well in Austria, and we kind of just thought it was a bit of a flash in the pan. So when uh Lando put it P two in quali, uh Piastri P three as well, it was like, What? Where have McLaren come from? Uh and you mentioned Mika Hakkinen. It's the fact that it was such a specific prediction as well. He said something like, an upgrade's coming at Silverstone and they'll be challenging Red Bull. And we're like, ha that's hilarious because at that point they were like seventh in the constructors and nowhere. Uh, and then, boom, they're there. Lando's taking the lead into turn one, which shows it, it's impressive because we've seen time and time again, even that very last race in Abu Dhabi, that... It takes a lot to get past Max into turn one because he is super aggressive. You really have to like absolutely nail it. And Lando just got the perfect start. Uh, and the cheer, like you say, it is goosebumps, even as a as a Max fan there, like being at Silverstone because as it a was Nico just Hulkenberg like fan, you mean sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry as a Hulkenberg fan, yeah. <laughs> we've got uh like we've got a race on now. Um this is this is gonna be epic, and Lando was leading for quite a few laps and then even Piastri was like challenging Max into some of the corners as well and it's like oh my god McLaren are the goats like what like is everyone going to start painting their car chrome now to is this what the secret is like it's insane I do wonder um I just thought you know Mick Akinen oh he's the oracle what about if he has just leaked information that he's been told by a McLaren engineer or something he's gone yeah, mate, honestly, don't tell anyone, but we've got a serious upgrade coming. We've seen it on the simulations. We're going to be seven-tenths a lap quicker than we were. And he's just gone, McLaren are going to be really quick at Silverstone. What about that? <clears throat> it's mad that, um, it, yeah, the, the fact that the fact that he called that, he must have known something. Like, he must have heard something. And it, it's weird, isn't it, how they seem to know how the other teams are going to participate uh like uh, because 
there was someone else that mentioned it. I can't remember who it was that mentioned that McLaren might be good at Silverstone. So there's obviously this rumor going around that they bought upgrades and it's strange that everything gets back to all the teams and somehow they know that, that it's going to be good. But for us, as fans, it was a complete surprise, really, that, that it happened. To that extent, absolutely. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, McLaren, for giving us that great moment at Silverstone. Zanvoort now. and The favourite moment comes in from Nimue 11. Zanvoort Grand Prix. Chaos. And we, as 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 we mentioned, we were we were in Zanvoort. We were sat there in on Sunday in the uh, in the little Red Bull uh motorhome hospitality type of thing. Thank you, Red Bull, for having yep. me across the season at occasional moments and not kicking me out for being a Ferrari fan. I really appreciate it. Um we were watching, weren't we, on the on the TV screen in there. We could kind of see a tiny bit of car go past as they entered the the main straight, uh, sort of just past the the curve and we were sat there and it was amazing it was it was such a unique viewing experience to be sat there watching on tv but knowing immediately if the rain was coming or not and changing because that we saw the rain yeah yeah, because that was obviously the big thing was is it going to start raining again is it not is it going to dry up and so on and so forth and you you know you you see it and you go oh it's dried up and then the heavens opened at the end and uh, it was just it was carnage uh throughout it was, yeah. I remember being sat, like you say, watching in the in the Red Bull like uh, energy station. Could see a bit of the track. We saw that, you know, we knew they were on the formation lap and looking out the window. And I remember, do you remember those like seats next to us where they were kind of like essentially like you could see the water like pooling in yeah. in the seat, so you knew how much water was falling. And on the formation lap, we were like, "Oh my god, it's properly raining!" Like, are they gonna are like? And I think. You know, every Formula One fan can relate to this where you're just like, but don't rain too much because then they'll stop the, uh, they'll, they'll do a restart and they won't do the proper start. So like, we need to get going, then it can rain. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened because they all started on dry tyres. Um, I think, uh, I want to say Bottas even thought that he should come in on the formation lap and do a Marcus Winklehock, which is a bit of an old school reference for people that don't know. He he was, I can't believe that's an old school reference. It's only 2007 in my head is recent, but it's not. Um, who pitted basically like on a formation lap, it rained, and then he ended up leading in what was essentially the worst car in the field. And I... Was that, which track I was thought that again? Someone might do that. It was Nürburgring. Nürburgring. I thought it was, yeah. And I thought something might happen again like that, but uh, instead they all got to that first sector sorry, the final sector on the first lap, and it was like torrential rain. Like, I can't believe not everyone decided that, to come in the pits at I that mean, point. It was only Perez and Leclerc and I think a couple of yeah, others. Yeah, Ferrari did a really good pit stop for Leclerc. Uh, yeah, that was the 1.2 second pit stop, I think it was. Oh, no, sorry, that was the one where they had no tyres and he was not there. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> sorry? I thought we were reflecting on good moments. <laughs> I'm allowed to bring up little Ferrari fails here and there. You don't then just, you know, twist the knife. Okay, there, you know sorry. what I mean? That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I on reflection, that's one of the ones I'm like, why did not more drivers come into the pits? Because it was absolutely heaving it down. Well, Perez came in first and he had a 14-second lead on Verstappen. Yeah. Just just by doing one extra lap on and him. And lost the 14-second 14 14 lead seconds. five laps. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But but it just shows that, you know, say like a Fernando Alonso had come in on lap one, who was running near the front. You never know, like maybe he wouldn't have been caught as much by Max or, or something or 
Uh, and then the fact that I, was was that the race where Lando was out on dry tires and McLaren said you're running at the same pace as the Inters and he went are you dumb yeah 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 yeah. he was (laughs) I remember that yeah that team radio he was genuinely because he was getting passed left right and center they're like you're running at the same pace as everyone around you and I can only imagine his engineer has looked at his lap time compared to drivers that have just done an out lap and gone yeah. Ah, well, you know, you're running at the same time as them when they'd actually just come into the pits. When everyone's and... flying past them on Inters and Perez is already 14 seconds down the road and he's like, no, we're not the same. I wish McLaren like, one day would just get a good a good call for uh, changeable we- uh, weather conditions like, like that. Cause... Well, yeah, like, he, you know, they were good at Zandvoort, so it's a really hard track to, to pass, like, like I said about Alonso. But yeah, if like, say like Lando did the call and he was 14 seconds up the road on Verstappen. Maybe it was a different story and he could have challenged for the win there, but alas, they just lost so much time. Um, and then we of course had another rainstorm right at the end, which caused more chaos. Just when we thought, ah, oh, the race is kind of, uh, you know, ending. Uh, and now I've just remembered off the top of my head that that was the most overtakes we've ever seen in Formula One in a race at Zandvoort of all places. Like the the one track that everyone says is not suitable really for modern Formula One is only there because Max is winning, and we had the most overtakes in the history of F one in one race. That is uh, that is a serious um, F one pub quiz question if to have that locked in because everyone would be like, oh yeah, because no one ever would be like, oh, must be oh, Silverstone, Silverstone, must be yeah, no yeah. Zandvoort. That is uh, that's quite something. Uh, and then, of course, I, you know, I'm surprised you haven't brought it up already yet, Tommy, but you know, with five laps to go, there was the, the restart after the chaotic rainstorm that we saw come in uh, towards the end of the race. And it was like, for those, you know, when you're, when you're at home, you go, oh, why have they red flagged it with you know, so little time to go? But when we were there, like, the wind was ridiculously strong. The rain was coming down yeah, like so no bad. tomorrow. Um, so you kind of were just... You know, you had a, a bit of a, an understanding as to just how bad, and perhaps you know, cameras don't do justice to sometimes uh, the weather that is actually unfolding. Yeah, and then a weird moment for us was essentially uh, the legends uh, at Red Bull, who you mentioned have been lovely to us this year, um, invited us to come under the podium at the end. So we kind of we were we were so conflicted, weren't we? Because we're like, oh my god, there's a restart with five laps to go. And it could be close. We don't know what's going to happen. But also, so we kind of had to just like listen to what was going on and and kind of keep up on our phones uh, before like legging it through the garage well, we made and the a, podium. And that was... We, we made a measured decision, didn't we? we? We I think it was like two laps to go. And we thought, well, Verstappen is over a second clear of Alonso now. No problem. He's got this in the bag. And then, yeah. And that was the first time and of many times now, Tommy, that you took up running. Uh, you You were like... Next time I get that was when I decided I need to run. I'm going to shave off some tenths because yeah, Yeah. because that would have been. Can you imagine if we'd left with five laps to go, gone to the podium, and then you would have seen Alonso on the top step? You would. (laughs) I'd be like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and yeah, that just just from a own personal perspective, that was one of the most unbelievable things as as a Formula One fan to experience. That was like just never could have dreamed of experiencing something like that it was so so cool so it really good. was wasn't it it was uh, a moment we were both blessed. both completely and utterly in awe of and uh i still yeah. haven't uh washed my uh 
uh, jumper, uh, which is the Danny Rick Enchante uh, jumper. It's still covered in celebratory fireworks from the podium and Fernando Alonso's champagne, I'm going to call it, just for the sake of being PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Italy now. Uh, apparently, nobody decided to put this in as their favorite moment, probably because the only people that might have done it was Ferrari fans, but it wasn't actually a good battle, too... was it? It was Sainz yeah, versus was Leclerc. Sainz versus Leclerc. The battle for P3. Yeah, no, it wasn't my favourite moment. It's one of my least favourite moments, to be honest with you. Especially How was your heart rate? Not good. If that had been for P1, I might have keeled over and died. Uh, because it was I, it was the moment we've spoken about for so long. They're going to come together. Sides versus Leclerc. Then they're not going to get on. Yada, yada, yada. And it's never really happened. But when Charles locked up both of his fronts under the rear wing of Carlos Sainz, I thought it was done. How did they not... I, I, I've i watched it back since because since, I was writing these notes about about what happened. And there were two moments. There was one where, with four laps to go, Leclerc made the move. He passes, but then he locks up and Sainz out the first corner, gets the slingshot. And he... Uh, I... I the commentary when you watch it back from David Coulthard is like that the car ghosted because <laughs> they must have touched. Like it, I've never seen two cars get that close together. Like it must be a millimeter from them crashing because he just pulls up alongside him and there is no gap between them at all. It's absolutely insane. Like the, my heart rate was going. I can't imagine like what it was like for to be a Ferrari fan and to face it there. Like it's just insane. And then the the bit at the end, yeah, where Leclerc almost hits the back. And then the most ironic thing as well, where there was a team radio saying no, no risk seconds before it. And then they almost plow into each other. <laughs> it was like no risk. Um, and then shot the, the biggest dive bomb of all time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, yeah, when, when it happened and you knew you were right, it, everything was all right. It was like fair play for letting them race but I think you said in the podcast why did they let them race? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like, of all the times months. to call it off it's <clears throat> in Italy at Monza yeah. when you've got a podium to against both of your own drivers there was for Ferrari when Michael Schumacher has a 300 point lead in the championship no Barry Kelly move over <laughs> and then when it's for nothing and it's P3 and P4 just to secure it Monza they're like 
no, ballot out yeah. on the last lap to win. And as Go we discussed, just, if you crash, it doesn't matter. And as we discussed, <laughs> if it was the other way around, I think that they would have maybe called it off. Um, but we won't yeah. get into that topic. Uh, so yes, that that wasn't. Yeah, it was a very cool moment. It's one that you go fair. Yeah, as you say, fair play. It's awesome to watch back now, but maybe people didn't pick it because it just it the too much trauma from it. Because if you're, yeah, a Ferrari fan, it probably wasn't fun to watch, even though it was those two battling. It wasn't fun until afterwards, knowing that they hadn't crashed. Uh, yeah. then, it, then it's great. Oh no! Oh, oh no! Oh, 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 how so close. close was that? That must have oh, been millimeters. Oh, they nearly hit. Here we go again. Oh, no. Ah. Oh. Do you need to change your trousers yet? Uh, yeah, it's a good job. You can only see my top half. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> it's a very good line from Charles. Ah. Last lap. This is the last opportunity. Oh, he's gone. Ah. Oh, my God. That is insane. No risk. Immediate dive bomb. Charles, two tenths behind. Charles. <gasps> oh, oh my God. He almost, God. It. Oh, he almost binned God. it on the final corner. That is insane. Wow. What a finish. What a race. Singapore is up next. P1 Patreon member Duwa Just's uh, favourite moment and also a lot of other people's favourite moment, which was, of course, the four-car battle for the win. And of those four cars... Not one of them <clears throat> was Max Verstappen. We could not believe nice. it. We thought it was going to be a Red Bull clean sweep until Singapore, where they were just horrendous. Singapore is the giant slayer uh, of, of Formula One tracks, and it just didn't work for Red Bull. Uh, and instead, you had uh, Leclerc, Norris, Russell, and Hamilton at the end fighting for the win. It was sensational. And Sainz. <laughs> and, uh, I don't think you said Sainz. Either or. You know that Sainz obviously was in the mix because he won. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable. The fact that Max was... Uh, it, well, yeah, he was nowhere. Uh, I can't believe he finished fifth and almost got fourth. And he was absolutely flying at the end and showed that maybe what might have been um, because essentially Red Bull got screwed with strategy because... Uh, they lost a pit stop because there was a safety car at a bad time. And then also the VSC came just after they decided to pit. So if they'd not have, if they'd have pitted behind the VSC, it would have gained a bit more time. But it was incredible to watch. Uh, and the fact that the Mercedes took that gamble to go on the medium tyres at the end. And because they were all running together, it was one of those weird races where it's so exciting, but there's nothing happening in a weird way. Like, they're not passing each other, but it's just tense because you know it will come down to the end. Uh, and the fact that the Mercedes, yeah, pitted for the mediums, uh, Russell giving up track, quite a good track position. I think he was running second at the time. Uh, and then they obviously caught up to the back of them. And I will just never forget that moment of watching where you had all four cars within about a second and a half of each other. And, you know, we'd had it's not just the fact that red bull dominated the season i think we'd had quite a lot of lackluster racing as well like there wasn't too much to shout about during the season and it was like and we now have a four car battle for the win is and somehow none of them are a red bull it was absolutely insane and it was your heart was just like racing it was that weird kind of 
moment where there's no overtaking and no one's really doing too much, but you're just you. It's just what you love about Formula One is just heart. It's like racing. You're just like, oh my god, this is so tense. Yeah, it was. It was massively, uh, and it doesn't have to need overtakes in order for it to be an exciting race. And you know, when Gasly won at Monza and Danny Rick won at Monza, these are two examples we constantly bring up uh, of times where it wasn't like it was side by side for the last five laps uh, to see who wins. Um, and this was a similar thing. Carlos Sainz executing one of the greatest strategies of all time uh, of of giving Lando Norris DRS in order for him to defend from the two Mercedes behind. And I think we forget just how close Russell was to overtaking Norris. Uh, and had he got through, that was it. That would have been George Russell winning another race for Mercedes. And then, you know, Hamilton missing out once again. And of course, there was that whole conversation around should Russell have let Hamilton through to, to try and attack? There's no way in hell George Russell would have ever let Lewis Hamilton through. Even with direct team orders, I think he still would have gone for the win, uh, which is fine. You know, they're a racing driver, right? It's just on reflection, you think, oh, if Hamilton was the car ahead, I think Hamilton might have actually won that race. Uh, but yeah, what what a, yeah. What a Grand Prix uh, race of the season in a lot of ways, just by how it ended. Uh, and then, of course, George making that mistake uh, right at the end and, and hitting the wall, Lando sort of baiting him into smashing into the wall by brushing his right rear onto the onto the barrier, which then brought George into it as well. It was uh, yeah, it was manic. But I just remember being on Twitch going, "Look, Tommy, look, they're all there on the straight together to win the race." Like it was, it was crazy. Oh my god, four laps to go. Look at Hamilton on Russell. Look at them. Look, they're this there. is for the win. That's a good strategy. That is good from Science Carlos. Is so, so That's clever. clever. That's intelligent. Oh, look at, look at this. Look at the win. This is what dreams are made of, chat. This is what dreams are made of. Look, this is... <laughs> oh, my 1. God. 1.7 seconds separating the top four. Front tires are finished. finished. Three laps to look go. Hamilton right behind Russell. Oh, my Lawson's God. Lawson's got a point. W, big W for Lawson. Lando's bad. Lando's bad. Lando's in trouble. Oh, oh no. Oh, my God. No! Russell's gonna get him! Look how close Hamilton oh is to Russell! Oh my god! Look at look! I hate to say it, if Russell had let Hamilton through, Hamilton could win. Oh! oh Russell! On the what last lap, what just happened? Here we go! Carlos, Carlos Sainz! Sainz! What a win. win! Come on! Yes! What a win! What a drive from Carlos. It's funny, because, yeah, the, the five-star review at the start of the show is like... These guys aren't experts, they're just Formula One fans. And I think that that moment was us being Formula One fans and not experts because we probably gave absolutely no analysis at all. We were just going, oh my God, oh my God, look at them. Oh my God, this is amazing. Because it was just so exciting. And yeah, the the, the science strategy was incredible. Um, and of course, Ferrari being Ferrari were like, uh, you do realize Lando's behind you, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing it on purpose. And that was like, cold. That was course, such a cold. It was team radio. yeah. It was it was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. It was like I know what I'm. It was basically the side school of yeah. Kimmy. Leave me alone. Know what I'm doing. Yeah, awesome. And and what a win from science to do it in that way where it does such a clever bit of um, strategy and and kind of like it was a thinking race rather than like pure speed and that and sometimes that is really really cool and science just executed it to perfection. He certainly did. Next up, Qatar. Anna Maggior comes in with their favourite moment. When Piastri got his first win as a rookie. Okay, it's a sprint, but it's still impressive in brackets. 
Yes, Qatar. The time where we kind of wondered what 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 if for for McLaren because they turned up on the wrong day uh, to uh, obviously win the the Qatar sprint with with uh, with Piastri. Norris had a little bit more pace, definitely made that mistake in qualifying, um, but you know the limelight went to Oscar and quite rightly he he delivered when his teammate didn't and he ended up winning the sprint which you know on one side we go wow that's such an amazing achievement he's a race winner on the other side doesn't feel like he's a race winner <laughs> yeah it's tough because you, you could take nothing away from him it's a brilliant achievement but yeah uh, even the drivers know i think you saw what happened with lando in brazil when he was he qualified really well for the sprint and didn't for the main race and he knew he was going to be quick in the main race and looked very dejected and he was like oh yay there's a sprint tomorrow um it still doesn't mean as much to the drivers but the piastri you know no one uh he's one of only still in a race if you you know you've got to count it as a race to a point that other than a Red Bull that won something. You know, he beat Max Verstappen, which is Max also won most of the sprints, didn't he? So um, it was incredible from from Piastri. He managed it really well. Wasn't this the only sprint that Max didn't win? I think Max... Uh, Perez won oh, no. the sprint in Baku, I th- uh, Oh, yeah, sure. no, Max didn't win all of them, though. Yeah, uh, but Red Bull obviously uh, won <laughs> all Bull of them, apart from this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh and the fact that yeah he kept kept his cool that he was on mediums and russell's was on the softs and russell actually got into the lead there's so much action in this qatar sprint it was changing the fact that this is the dream that we always want from the sprint is just have cars on different tires and then some absolutely fly through the field and the tires go off at the end so they have that advantage at the start and lose it at the end and that's exactly what happened russell it looked like a brilliant decision when he was in the lead but then he dropped all the way back and then you realize that mediums were actually the way to go um that that makes it really uh exciting uh and it was an awesome sprint and then until i watched this back i completely forgot this was the race in inverted commas the race that max was actually crowned champion so oscar won uh, his sprint, and then of course Max was crowned champion on a Saturday, which was quite unusual as well. Yeah, crowned on a Saturday, and also crowned by not winning, which felt wrong considering he'd won almost everything else. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the only thing time he it was crowned was when, when he didn't win. Um, but yes, Qatar was uh, was was definitely a great one. <laughs> Brazil, Ace Twelve Adams' favorite moment: Alonso and Perez battle in Brazil. We didn't have an absolute worldie into Lagos, did we? It was it was sprint was very good. Sprint, yeah, <laughs> the sprint was better than the main race, which I remember was one of my crazy predictions. You are, I was going to say you're welcome. No, I'm sorry because we didn't want that to come true. Uh, but ah, oh, Alonso versus Perez. Where do you even begin with how Fernando Alonso, the sensei, just teaching everybody how to defend in a Formula One racing car? It was stunning the way in which he just took different lines he didn't go for the orthodox way of of doing things and defending and he it was simply the greatest defensive display i think that's ever that's ever been seen 
in, in Formula One. I'll say it right now. <laughs> Since Fernando Alonso. Since Fernando Alonso, Hungary, yeah, Hungary, Alvin yeah. Hamilton. Fair. <laughs> the last chance it'd be it'd be into turn four he has to stay oh, with him go Perez defending has Perez spotted has Perez spotted the apex oh, he's a bit he's compromised he's gonna have a good chance here go on Fernando oh, he's close he's close go on come on Fernando oh, he's got him. oh they nearly yes. touched they nearly touched yes, yes Fernando come on what a move here it is oh my god here it is Get one exit, one more exit of dreams oh, for Fernando. No. Oh, he's dived it! Oh my god, this is gonna be so it's close to DRS. Tenths. It's three tenths. Oh ah. no. No, 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 no. Oh no, no, he's got him, he's got him. Surely please, he's got please, him. Please, please. Surely he's got him. Surely he's got him. <laughs> yes. yes, Fernando. I think, yeah, I think with it with it being Brazil as well, this was almost a harder. Uh, thing to, to oh yeah yeah in, it was a, it was a sitting duck really and also got back past and got a podium as well that is the, the most shocking thing from me, for me is that you thought oh fernando's not going to hold on here and you're like he has to stay ahead because as soon as perez is ahead he's gone like no chance so the fact that he managed to do the smart thing because, because when he didn't get back past him like perez made that move with a couple of laps to go and then when Alonso didn't, he obviously gets DRS, but he didn't pass Perez at turn four on that lap. You thought, that's it, it's game over. But to stay within the DRS, then he knew he'd get a nice run down to turn one. And then just Fernando just essentially like outsmarting Perez rather than making a big dive or anything. He just, just did enough to bait Perez into defending the inside, knew he'd get, as soon as Perez is offline, you'd get a great run down to turn four and it just worked perfectly. And then even then it wasn't over because you knew that Perez would get an amazing slingshot. And of course, Formula One shared a screenshot of like the, the camera on the line. Photo finish, yeah. It's such a, it's so rare in Formula One to see a photo finish. Uh, and the fact that, yeah, two cars crossing the line for the final podium spot, um, 0.05 is absolutely insane. I think it was probably about a tyre uh, in it over a whole, you know, 71 laps of the Brazilian Grand Prix. It was just awesome. And like looking back on this, it's, uh, and spoiler alert, into the next one, been a lot of, uh, a lot of moves on the last lap, actually. Uh, the, the best moments are the kind of the battling on the last lap. And you don't tend to see that a lot in Formula One, but for quite a, meh season uh, there's been been a few of them what a beautiful segue to the final race that we're going to go into and is of course las vegas and my favorite moment charles leclerc passing perez on the last lap and i think more encompassing just the fact that we had a battle for the lead including charles leclerc that was lovely as well i really enjoyed that it felt like it had been a long time since I actually believed. And my belief wasn't misplaced uh, for a lot of the time during that race. And had it not been for a rogue safety car, thanks to actually Verstappen and Russell coming together, Charles Leclerc might well have won that race, which you know doesn't haunt me at all. I don't think about it when I go to bed. But he, he, he left a mark, old Charles Leclerc. Because, of course, on lap 43 or 50, he, uh, he locked up and, and lost P2 to Perez. But on the final lap, Last corner just sends it. And I will say that Perez 
didn't didn't execute the greatest defence that anyone's ever seen. It wasn't like he'd learnt anything from Fernando Alonso in Brazil and decided to apply it for himself. Instead, he left the door open. Go on, Charles, outbreak me. And he went, okay, and then did. And it was, oh, beautiful move. Could have easily overshot it and ended up in the barrier, but instead slowed it down beautifully and uh, secured a, a lovely little P2. Yeah, it was a sensational move. The fact that he executed it so well that Perez obviously got a, you know, a nice run on him, but ironically, Verstappen was trying to help Perez, and all he ended up doing was towing Charles across the line a little bit, a bit more, which helped Charles out as well. But it was a fantastic move. Uh, like I said before, watch that clip back again, and I love that final sector of of Vegas. It looks high speed and dramatic, and watching someone like pull off an overtake and then as they kind of like race around that really quick corner into the final uh across the line it was it was awesome and and Vegas was a really really good race the fact that you had three guys battling out for the win was very unexpected uh and just a really thrilling uh thrilling race it it felt the high speed nature of the track reminded me almost a little bit of like Bahrain short where it just didn't feel like you ever had a breather because there's no real, not met. I think there's like one slow corner isn't there on the whole track really. Um, and not like a silly, you know, Oh, we've got to have a slow bit where all the cars go really slow and it's really clumsy. Just no, just high speed corners everywhere. And yeah, it was, it was a really, really cool race. Really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Charlotte Claire converting pole position once again uh, for another victory uh lasted all of about 100 meters 12 in a row uh, but then then you know max got that penalty and so on and so forth and we've discussed that many times but Charles had a good lead for 50 meters it was great uh and then finally there's one shout out that comes in from ghetto trude that says i know it's cheesy but my favorite moments were experiencing the season with you and the p1 gang <laughs> it's so nice to have a community of nice people enjoying the same things oneself does Sharing one's excitement about something as well as sharing the Ferrari pain. Thank you. Well, look, 2024 is going to be different. If you in, if you enjoy P1 just purely for Ferrari pain, then you've got another thing coming. So you're going to hate 2024 when Charles Leclerc wins 24 races in a row. And then the entire, the entire one of these season review favorite moments will just be the whole season all over again. I'll be like, round one, Bahrain, yeah. Charles wins. <laughs> There'll be... Uh, every social media comment will be like, what was your favourite moment of the season? Oh, the one that Charles didn't win. So boring. Yeah. Charles Singapore, Leclerc dominance. God, he lost that. He almost got a Ferrari clean sweep. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yes, what... But no, thank uh, you to that. Like, it's very nice. It is, yeah. I was, yeah, that is a, a lovely message from you, uh, Ghetto True. Thank you so much for that. And thank you to everybody else as well. I'm sure we've had a lot of messages, uh, people uh, cl- uh, clipping up, tick- screenshotting, that's the word, uh, the uh, Spotify unwrapped and lots of people saying that they love the podcast and listening and they've been listening for thousands of minutes uh, since we launched in February. So uh, I want to apologize for the fact that you've had to absorb our washed opinions for so, so long. Uh, and thank you for spending your time uh, with us doing that. Tommy, what has been your favorite moment, but not on track? What's been your favorite moment? Um, that's not your, it's not final thoughts today. It's what's been your favorite Ooh. moment? On track. Uh, Off track. In terms of, uh, just as in like Twitch. Well, anything. Like anything that you've done 
that's been your well, favorite. Uh, well, movie. I guess during the year, I kind of mentioned mentioned it that we've done some incredible things this year, and that is, you know, thanks to you guys supporting this venture and helping the the success to it because we we did this hoping that we'd you know get to do some cool experiences and i could never have imagined the experiences we did i mean the the one that stands out to me is that that podium as a formula one fan like i never uh, it was just like so i know it sounds such a weird thing to say but like just experiencing it with my own eyes i just like my brain was just going you're under the podium, you're under the podium, you're in, this is like insane. And you could like, I was right near where they were coming into Park Ferme and celebrating and stuff. And because you've just watched that moment as a fan for years and years and years and years and didn't think that was ever possible unless like you became a mechanic or something for a team or whatever. Like I'd never never thought I'd be able to do it. Um, and of course, the fact that it was Fernando Alonso and Max Verstappen up there as well. I was just like, just champagne, just go for it. And uh, yeah, it was it was incredible. And again, just thank you for that kind kind message and everyone that supported us. I have so many Instagram tags of Spotify wrapped, and it blows my mind seeing like six thousand minutes listened. And I just think, how on earth are you listening to my dulcet tones? For oh, that it's such but a dulcet tone, isn't it? It's beautiful. <laughs> It's funny, you know, that, that Alonso podium moment in Zandvoort, you know, you'd have been absolutely fine uh, if you'd been camping because you'd already pitched a tent when that was happening. So. <laughs> God's sake. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought that ended in something terrible. Um, and and yeah. my favourite moment, thanks for asking, Tommy, uh, is, what do you think it is? Charlotte Clown Bahrain? No. Charlotte Clown Miami? No. Charles Leclerc in uh, Spain. No, Charles Leclerc in... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just realised what you were doing, you absolute tall bag. <laughs> no, it's when Charles Leclerc called me babe. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's it. Of course. That's it. That's the highlight. That'll never be top. That'll never be That's top. That's when you pitched a tent. When Danny, when Danny Rick held and my leg as well. <laughs> and on that note... Oh, God, you've had it all. Thank, I really have. Uh, thank you everybody for watching and listening sorry we ended it in such a crude manner and uh, we will see you very soon for another piece of content lots of love Bye. bye P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST creator network Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.